of human attention and the subject of creative juices songs films poems literary works and so much more it's our final solar system episode only two more episodes remain in season two all today on weather jazz to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, astronomy, what kind of sort of today, in a rather interesting off-topic way too, and simply off-topic episodes, period. I'm anticipating one for Open Line Friday. I'm still working on the details, but should be good. At least I'm hoping so. Hi, everybody. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 365 for Wednesday, August 31, 2022. Can you believe that today is the last day of meteorological summer? Now, I know purists and astronomers might be looking at this from a completely different standpoint, and that's fine. And yes, the sun does not head into the southern hemisphere until later next month, which is tomorrow, September, in about three weeks or so. However, from a meteorologist's perspective, it has always been June, July, and August, that meaning summer. And meteorological autumn will arrive tomorrow, Thursday, September 1. Wow, this summer really went by quickly, did it not? And I hope it was an excellent meteorological summer for you. Well, before I start talking about the moon, and that's going to be the primary subject of today's Weather Jazz episode in a rather unique way, and we kind of spelled that out already last Wednesday. Let me talk a little bit about precipitation, because this is a really interesting story here in Northeast Ohio. You see, the most recent line of thunderstorms to come through on Monday night and very early Tuesday morning, that pushed the summer departure from normal in terms of rainfall for Cleveland to almost two inches above normal. If you remember, so much of the area was dry, had a very dry start in the month of June, but we caught up, at least in the greater Cleveland area. Now, Mansfield, in the southwest corner of the Cleveland television market area, they never really went into a deficit mode. They've had ample moisture. In fact, they've been above normal by one, two, even three inches at times through much of the summer. However, the minute we push our way down I-77, and really not all that far, all you have to do is go down to Akron and Canton and Youngstown, and there's a summer deficit. And that summer deficit 
has pushed all the way down to two, three, even four inches below normal. Now, when you take a trip down I-77, for those of you that perhaps make that trip regularly, I'm going to ask you to do something today that will really put the exclamation point to this data. If you start in the Cleveland area, look around you. Look at some of the grassy surfaces. It's about as green as you have ever seen it. Now, yes, the leaves are starting to change color early, and that's something my wife and I noticed this year, something that really hasn't happened in the last couple of years. But aside from the trees, look at the lawn. The lawns are lush and green and vibrant. The minute you start heading south, out of Cuyahoga County, into Summit County, and then into Stark County, and then into Tuscarawas County, the lawns get browner and browner and browner, and all within a very, very short drive, 30-minute drive from lush green to thirsty and brown. Really fascinating how the microclimates have really shown quite a bit of difference this year. It looks like temperatures overall will be very close to normal for the entire summer, even though we had some rather interesting extremes. 13 days of 90 degrees or better. Will we see any in September? Well, at least not in the near term or even medium term. We'll have to see if we can maybe get one or two or three more before we hit Uh, December 15th, 16th, 17th. Once you get past December 20th, it's pretty tough to get a 90 degree day. So if we're going to see it, it's going to happen certainly in the first 15 or so days in September. Well, let's talk about the moon before we take a break. And the moon is now past news. Matter of fact, the sky is now here in the Ohio Valley perfectly clear and it will be ideal to check out the waxing crescent moon. Tonight, it's only 20% illuminated. However, you will get to see it after the sun goes down. Look in the southwest sky and do it before 10 o'clock because at 10 o'clock, just slightly thereafter, 10-12, the moon will set along the perfectly even western horizon. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we've learned an awful lot about the moon. But today, we look at the moon from a totally different perspective. Not scientifically, but perhaps more of a romantic angle with the arts, with song, with literature, with film, and things of that nature. When we come back, we'll check out the moon in arts and entertainment. Well, it's time to dig into the world of arts and entertainment as far as the moon is concerned. The moon for a very, very long time has not only been the focus of great scientific study, but has also been the focus of our human imagination. And that goes virtually all across the entire spectrum of the arts and the entertainment industry, and that includes in song, in poem, in film. Well, the first place I want to stop is in song, especially having been a radio DJ in my college years. Many of you have had the opportunity to sample that right here on Weather Jazz a little bit ago. I enjoy all kinds of music, 
And it really goes the entire spectrum. Spare maybe a few types of music, but most music I enjoy. So we're going to dig into a lunar focus in song. And our first stop is actually going to be a 1934 song. And it's a song, it's a classic song, really, written by Richard Rogers and Lorenz Hart in 1934. And this could be the first instance of the familiar 1950s progression in a popular song. And it has become a standard ballad. My guess is by now you probably already know what I'm talking about. And it's this song, Blue Moon. Blue Moon, you saw me standing alone Without a dream in my heart Without a love of my own Now I must admit there are a ton of songs about the moon and occasionally there's a song with moon or moonlight in the title without the word moon in the lyrics. good example of that is Moonlight in Vermont. We've seen many a night where a full moon was illuminating the Vermont sky at night. Of course, being a student at Linden State College in northeastern Vermont, wow, I certainly had the opportunity four years worth and then some during vacations that we would take in Vermont to see the beauty of the full moon illuminating the landscape in Vermont. But in no particular order, I'll cover a few more songs that came to mind. The first one is a song that was popularized by a one-hit wonder band called King Harvest. It was in 1972. The original song was written by Sherman Kelly in 1970. And here they are with their hit, Dancing in the Moonlight. We get it almost every night. And when that moon gets so big and bright, it's supernatural delight. Every border was dancing in the moonlight. We'll go back a couple of years to 1969. This song was written by John Fogarty. And it was performed by Credence Clearwater Revival. And it was their lead single from the album Green River. And it was released on April 16th of 1969. Here's Bad Moon Rising. Now, if you grew up in the 1970s like I did as a teenager, who can forget the famous song that made it to number 30 in the Billboard Hot 100 and number 10 on the U.S. Billboard Easy Listening Chart? I thought it went a lot higher than that because we heard this song really ad nauseum on so many radio stations all over the place. The song is written and performed by Cat Stevens. And this was a song that was released in the U.S. in 1971 from the album Teaser and the Firecat. Here's Moon Shadow. I'm being followed by a moon shadow. Moon shadow, moon shadow. Leaping and hopping on a moon shadow. Moon shadow, moon shadow. Now here's one more song that has an interesting story. 
Moondance is the next song in focus. It was released by Northern Irish singer-songwriter Van Morrison. Now, this song was actually recorded in 1970 on his album Moondance, but it was not released as a single until 1977, seven years later. Now, I also remember the song having heavy airplay, yet despite that, It only reached number 92 in the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart. Nonetheless, it still resonates in my mind today. Here's Van Morrison, Moondance. Well, it's a marvelous night for a moondance With the stars above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Need the cover of October skies all the leaves on the trees are falling to the sound of the breezes that blow. And I've got one more, a little more contemporary song for you with Moon in the title. The song was recorded and released in 2000 and eventually made its way to the U.S. and was released in 2002 here. It is the theme song of the film Coyote Ugly. It was released as a single on August 22, 2000. And the song reached top 10 in 19 European countries, including Australia, Canada, and New Zealand. And it topped the charts in 12 of these territories. By the way, this song became Australia's best-selling single of 2001. How about the U.S.? Well, it was a slightly different mix that was released here, and it peaked at number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in 2002 here's Leanne Rhymes with Can't Fight the Moonlight you can try to resist try to hide from my kids but you know but you know that you can't fight the moonlight deep in the dark you'll surrender your heart but you know but you know that you can't fight the moonlight no you can't fight it Now we could stop right there and conclude today's episode, but I do want to venture into a couple of more arenas. The first arena would be in film. Let's go chronologically. And the first one that I have is from 1941. It was directed by Walter Lang and the film title Moon Over Miami. Betty Grable and Bob Cummings appeared in that film. In 1953, we see a film that was released and directed by David Butler, and it starred Doris Day, Mary Wicks, and Leon Ames. The title of the film, By the Light of the Silvery Moon. On a slightly more contemporary note, 1973, there was a moon film called Paper Moon, Ryan O'Neill in that one. Now, before we conclude today's episode of Weather Jazz, I think it only fair to at least mention the fact that there are hundreds, if not thousands, of poems that focus on our nearest satellite, the moon. However, I do have one poem that I will recite to you, and it's by one of the famous poets that we all know and love, Robert Frost. He wrote a poem about the moon called The Freedom of the Moon. And it goes like this. 
I've tried the new moon tilted in the air above the hazy free and farmhouse cluster. As you might try a jewel in your hair, I've tried it fine with little breath of luster, alone or in ornament combining with one first water start almost shining. I put it shining anywhere I please by walking slowly on some evening later. I've pulled it from a crate of crooked trees and brought it over glossy water greater and dropped it in and seen in image wallow. The color run all sorts of wonder follow. The Freedom of the Moon by Robert Frost The Moon Not scientifically, although we certainly did cover two aspects of that in the last two Wednesdays. Today, we took a more romantic approach by looking at the moon in literature, in poems, and in song. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, and maybe it even sparked a couple of interesting memories with some of the either poems or the songs that were highlighted today. I have only one more episode of Weather Jazz remaining. And that will be on Friday, episode number 366, and that will conclude season two. And I'll be taking that extended break for a little while. Of course, if you'd like to stay up on the latest Weather Jazz news, always go to weatherjazz.com and I'll periodically be posting what I'm thinking if, in fact, there is a season three, what it will look like. It's something that I've started assessing a number of months ago, and I trust that Weather Jazz will come out stronger on the other end in Season 3. That's always been my goal. Season 1 was great. Season 2, even better. Season 3, let's hope it's even better than what we could ever imagine or have produced in Season 2. By the way, if you have an idea of what Season 3 should look like, I would love to hear from you. Make sure that you contact me via email, weatherjazz at yahoo.com, or you can call and leave me your voicemail on the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line, 234-525-5888. Okay, get ready. Open line Friday coming your way. You never know what I am going to pull out of the hat. In fact, sometimes I don't even know myself. And those are the best surprises of all. We'll catch you on Friday right here on Weather Jazz. Weather and science across the globe.